1: You know, I know what it's like to be dead. No, 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 you're wrong.
0: Ah! <laughs>
1: well, in either case, this is two songs in one. Like, hey, Jude. Uh, by the way, I know what you're going to say. Having this a warm gun is four songs, so relax.
0: Yeah, relax, theoretical. Take a chill pill. Yeah, theoretical, we can pot it out fan who's
1: mad at us. Yeah, we love you, but come on. Yeah fortunately i like both of the tootskis uh the first one the verses one has cool jingly guitar without knowing the backstory behind it the lyrics seemingly about a smug know-it-all are relatable and yes i'm a big fan of relatable <laughs> the other song the bridge the one probably titled when i was a boy i wish was longer yeah
0: i i think i would love to hear a longer version of that uh and I really do love it when they like mash two ideas together to make you know one thing. They're working together. It's great. I like when they work together. Uh, the gu- teamwork. Yeah, it makes the dream work. Um, the guitar line is so so good in this song. It's like the 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 electric guitar is like the highlight of Revolver, and mm-hmm. I just love the lines like the guitar lines that they they get on this record. <laughs>
1: Except it doesn't sound like that. The final track recorded for Revolver, She Said She Said, was inspired by an LSD-influenced conversation between John Lennon and actor Peter Fonda. Ah. During the Beatles' U.S. tour in December summer of 65, they rented a house in Los Angeles' Mulholland Drive. On August twenty-fourth, they played host to Roger McGuinn and David Crosby of the Birds, and the two parties, apart from Paul McCartney, spent the day tripping on LSD.
0: Famously, Paul was just a day tripper.
1: That's right. He he ta- he <laughs> he finally takes LSD, and then he tells the world that he did it, which pissed off the other Beatles <laughs> like. Oh, anyway, the actor Peter Fonda arrived at the house, also on acid. He attempted to comfort George Harrison, who thought he was dying. This is Peter Fonda speaking. I told him there was nothing to be afraid of, and that all he needed to do was relax. I said that I knew what it was like to be dead, because when I was 10 years old, I'd accidentally shot myself in the stomach, and my heart stopped beating three times while I was on the operating table, because I lost so much blood. John was passing at the time and heard me saying, I know what it's like to be dead. He looked at me and said, You're making me feel like I've never been born. Who put all that shit in your head? (laughs) Anyway, Fonda also wrote more about it in Rolling Stone magazine, which you can look up. Um, He he at one point pointed out that it was a fairly tripped-out atmosphere because the Beatles kept finding girls hiding under tables. One snuck into the pool room through a window while the acid-fired Ringo was shooting shooting pool with the wrong end of the queue. Wrong end, he'd say. So what fucking difference does it make? <laughs> eee! i Ringo. Um... Harrison recalls in the Beatles anthology, Peter Fonda was showing us his bullet wound. He was very uncool.
0: Man, Fonda must have been real fun at this party.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's worse than the guy who brings the guitar. Yeah, he's worse than the guitar guy.
0: Hey, look at my bullet wound. Chicks dig scars. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs>
1: Uh, in Roger McGuid's recollection, Lennon's mood towards Fonda was influenced by his dislike of Cat Ballou*, a film starring Fonda's sister Jane, which they had watched earlier in the day. Well, don't take it out on, on her brother. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's not fair. Switching between 4-4 and 3-4 time signatures, She Said She Said it was written by Lennon with some help from George. I was at his house one day, George Harrison said. This is the bit 60s, and he was struggling with some tunes. He had loads of bits, maybe three songs that were unfinished, and I made suggestions and helped him to work them together so that they became one finished song, She Said, She Said. The middle part of that record is a different song.
0: See, George is happy to help you, John. I
1: know. Come on. Was it the same session where John helped with Taxman? I don't know. Mm, maybe. Although he performed on the rhythm track, maybe. Paul McCartney walked out of the session following an argument prior to the song's completion. Paul's recollection was, John brought it in pretty much finished, I think. She she said, she said. I'm not sure, but I think it was one of the only Beatle records I'd ever played on. I think we'd had a uh, a Barney or something. And I said, oh, fuck you. And they said, well, we'll do it. I think George played bass. (laughs) Uh, And to this day, it is a Beatle mystery as to whether or not Paul's bass, is, it's Paul playing the bass or George playing the bass uh, in the final version. Uh, and, what, and, and also a mystery as to why Paul left in a huff. Yeah, some, some believe that it's because uh, they thought the song was, again, making fun of Paul for not trying LSD at that point.
0: Also, I've um, never heard the phrase, we'd had a Barney.
1: We yeah me neither but I'm gonna start using it. Uh, I used to say Donnybrook but uh, Barney's Barney's pretty good. Also, Paul might have been upset that John asked George for help. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe revenge for Eleanor Rigby.
0: Hmm. Infighting. Hmm.
1: Surely they'll get over it and they'll stay banned forever. Oh, totally. But uh, yeah, this song was the last recorded. Um, it wasn't until the very end when most of Revolver was mixed and ready to be mastered that someone realized the album was a song short. The LPs of that era were a lot more concise than today's CDs, but if they were too short, there would be complaints or, worse yet, returns from consumers. And
0: I think a lot of that is because of the price of an LP back in the day. So I did some... We're, we're bringing, back, bringing back the math segment. um <laughs> how much I looked how much like an LP was in 1966 and it's the equivalent of $43 today.
1: Wow. I didn't know that. So like, that's
0: why like the LP was, you know, not something that was really purchased by teenagers. They were buying singles because they could actually afford those. And albums were more, you know, for your parents really, but you know, in england they would give you 14 songs on a record so there was and in the united states famously only 12 uh so yeah there was more bang for your buck or pound with the uk albums and if it was 13 people were going to feel short-changed
1: this was the last time that uh america best with uh yes the beetle albums, yes because uh and as you are You have the American version of Revolver, which is missing. I'm only sleeping Mm -hmm. and two other John tracks. Um, What happened was in 1967, the Beatles signed a new contract with EMI, and it was part of the deal. They said America couldn't fuck with uh, their albums anymore.
0: Yeah, their artwork, like they hated the artwork for help. um, And. So they stopped. I mean, most of the, a lot of the early records, like, I mean, please, please, me didn't come out in the United States until 1987. Anywho.
1: Wild stuff. Wild stuff. It's wh- wacky wild stuff. Uh, Bingo. So, so uh, it was recorded. So was recorded and mixed in nine hours because they were in a rush. Uh, although John did make the group run for the song dozens of times before he was satisfied with the final results. At some point, Paul walked out. Uh, the recording of She Said, She Said was completed by 4 a.m. On June twenty second, 1966, mono and stereo mixes were made that evening. St- Ringo's drumming on She Said, She Said is often included among his best performances. Author and critic Ian McDonald rated the drumming as technically finer than of Ringo's other tour de force, Rain. He, he's great on this track. Absolutely great. Ray Davies alert. Ah, uh, he's back. Ray Davies. He said, "Of oh, she said, she said, this song is in to restore confidence in the old Beatles sound. That's all,
0: huh? That's a bit dismissive.
1: Yeah, he's he's saying it's a rock and roller, you know, standard rock and roll tune, probably. Yeah, like that's how I interpreted yeah, it. Yeah,
0: like the Kinks never did that."
1: It has been covered, uh, this song has been covered by Lodestar, Ween, The Black Keys, Matthew Sweet, Government Mule, The Feelies, Tom Newman, The Chords, Snake River Conspiracy, Mark Mulcahy, The Walking Seeds, and Yan No. Cheap Trick performed it this part of the Howard Sturt Show's tribute to Revolver in 2016. I gotta listen to that. Yeah. In 2018, the music staff of Tyler London breaks she since you set a number 19 on their list of the best Beatles songs. Love Count Zero. Mm-hmm. None. Josie Scale, I'm going to give this a yeah.
0: I agree. This song is a yeah
1: for me too. Yes, 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 you're right.
0: <laughs> the Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day.